Hi, this is Alicia from Bachelor in Paradise, and you're listening to Bachelor of Hearts. I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, a Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, how is it that you could go 10 episodes, not get so much as a wink of alone time with the Batchy and still end up as one of the breakout stars of the season? Could it simply be that there's something about Mary? My name's Max Quinn. Your regular co-host, Xavier Rebetsky-Noonan, is away, so joining me on this adventure through life and love is my partner through life and love. You might know her as the digital editor of Vogue Australia. Maybe you know her from the Vogue Codes podcast. If you're our cat, Jeff, you might know her as the woman who sings the song, Jeff, why won't you let me use you as a pillow? It's Daniel Gay, Danny. Hi. Hi, guys. I just want to say that I'm not here in an official capacity. Just think of it as like when the Obamas go on holidays. Right. Dan, we should do some foregrounding just off the top. You and I are in a relationship. Check. Um, check. Check. Sorry. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, I wanted to start by letting you just air some grievances that you might have with the podcast. I don't know if you've got anything prepared. I don't know if, for example, you started listening the, for the first time this week and came across some <laughs> no. things that you didn't like. Definitely. I've been a long, long time listener. I haven't prepared anything, but since you've asked, I will take issue with something that was said on episode 69 titled Flowery Language. <laughs> Please continue. You said that the Central Coast had no attraction. Yeah. I'm from the Central Coast. I don't know By if default, you know no that. attraction from the Central Coast. Okay, so this appears <laughs> to be you. an oversight on my part. Are you crawling your way back? <laughs> yes. That's precisely <laughs> what has happened after our week of debate. So I've, I haven't prepared this list. I've just got one um, already in my mind because there's so many things to see and do on the Central Coast. <laughs> Obviously, number one, plotty. Plonky? No, plotty. What's that? It's a yellow dinosaur that's like on the edge of the freeway as you drive in like near the Gosford exit. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Okay, that's good. What else have you got? The Australian Reptile Park. Isn't that where Plotty lives? Yeah, but it's separate to, the, <laughs> to him as an attraction. We've so, what we've got so far is Plotty <laughs> and a Plotty-related vehicle. Well, you can't actually see Plotty from the Reptile Park. Oh, you it's getting worse by the minute. From, <laughs> no, come on. You can only see him from the freeway. It's like he greets you on your way home. You right. Know? Okay. What anyway, else you got? Um, beaches. Mm-hmm. Avoca. Mm-hmm. Terrigal. 
Okay, so now you're just naming suburbs. No, they're <laughs> beaches. There's literally a beach called Pretty Beach. That's how nice the area is. And that restaurant we went to for my sister's 30th. Um, what did we... Oh, yeah, that was actually quite nice. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, look, it appears that I have misspoken, Danny, and I would um, like to take this time to apologise to... All of our listeners from the Central Coast. Thank you. That's okay. On their behalf, are you happy to accept my apology? I won't do it on their behalf. Um, write in if you are still upset <laughs> and <laughs> you need the grievance covered further. <laughs> but I will accept it. <laughs> on, on a personal on my, level. On my own behalf, yes. Uh, Dan, it was a really big week of Batchy and I want to dive right in. But first, there are two news items that I think that we should cover right off the top. Those firstly being uh, Rachel and Vaco, who are now an item. Did you yeah, hear about this? I saw it all. Mm. I saw all the images. So this came out earlier in the week ahead of Wednesday's episode where in Rachel left the mansion. Um, the episode touched a lot on how Rachel might have a plan B for this episode, but it didn't occur to anyone, I think, that she might have had a plan V. <laughs> So, yeah, it does appear that those two are together. It's an interesting trend that the Batchy sort of got going on where um, in the last couple of seasons we've seen partners emerge from the women who aren't selected by The Bachelor. Um, in, oh, that's really true. Yeah, yeah. In Richie's season, uh, Megan and Tiffany got together and then Alex and Brooke explored their feelings on Paradise and now Vaco and Rachel, who seem like a pretty cute couple by the looks of things. Yeah. All right, Danny, let's dive in <laughs> to the new episodes that we're here to recap this week, beginning with Season 7, Episode 9. We begin in the mansion with an Osher bomb. He arrives with a date card and explains that this week will be a theme week. The theme, Danny, is dangerous romance, in which the women will be subjected to danger in order to find love. The tension here is that there are four women who have not been on single dates, including Mary, Rachel, and Nicole. And I just want to make note that for someone who has had not a wink of one-on-one time, Mary has been a real star of this season in confessional. She's all over this as Ellie is chosen as the girl. Uh, In confessional, Ellie says that she is bloody shocked. And I also wanted to note the confessional from Rachel in which she says, it's the Ellie and Matt show now and all of us girls are just props. Dan, do you buy Ellie as the winner? Yeah, I think it's heading that way. I think she's been on the most dates. All the dates have gone really well, I think. And they do seem to have chemistry, I guess, between them. Maybe it's not as, like, tangible as between... Abby and Matt, um, or as physical, but it Mm. still feels like it's there. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think one of the other women comments later in the show that uh, Matt's eyes light up when he sees Ellie, and she is very charming. She's sort of got that very, very country niceness about her, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I think she seems quite sweet, and everyone I've spoken to really likes her. Yeah, she is sort of like the... um, even my dad on the phone today was like, that Ellie girl, she's the winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one from the farm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this day begins with Matt brooding up against a fence in a paddock, wearing a leather jacket like a sexy greaser horse. 
Um, and he reflects on his romance with Ellie so far. He says how comforted he is by the fact that his best friend Kate saw her authenticity during their meetup last week and also saw her contractual willingness to get married and have kids within the three to five year window laid out in the show's terms and conditions. <laughs> it's a fire dancing date. Matt and Ellie watch on as these two would-be Alora's swing their fire sticks in slow motion. Matt says their profession is fire experts, and Ellie says Struth Almighty doing her best Russell Coit. They have to change clothes. Um, The women say that it's important that they dress in all cotton. Danny. Yeah. Hi. Hi. You work in fashion. Yeah. How much of what we would wear on a day-to-day basis is made of cotton to begin with? Like most things are cotton. For instance, denim is made of cotton. Yeah. So any pair of jeans. And then t-shirts. Yeah. Mostly cotton. Okay. Um. So my opinion was mm. that they didn't actually need to get changed. <laughs> <laughs> but I w- thought they were going to get into like the Xena outfits that mm. the um. The twirlers, what were they called? The no. fire experts. Oh, sorry. Twirlers, <laughs> probably really rude. No, I think that's actually pretty accurate. I'm sure they did much more than twirling. <laughs> <laughs> the, like that Xena, like the leather, like mm-hmm. that was a vibe. But instead, like Ellie just came out in like a plain white long sleeve shirt, but with like Lady Gaga, like esque gloves that came yeah. up to like her elbows. Yeah, it was, it was very odd. It, like, so part of it was the like, the leather garb that like it was like a cape that Matt put on and I don't really know what the what the deal with with that was is leather cotton no okay. no leather's from an animal right okay and Matt yeah is in this cape and it really gets Ellie going she says Matt is a slice of fine apple pie oh I think I missed that bit <laughs> she says he was a fresh baked biscotti wait she Are says you making this that up, he was a double scoop of mango thicky rice. Oh, you're making this up. No, nah, not the first one, but hey, the other two I, I was did. like, she didn't list that many desserts. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, yeah. Is this is this doing it for you, Danny? Is like this look, do you think Matt is putting the bay in sorbet? <laughs> I mean, no, I don't understand why he got asked to go and put cotton on and came back in leather. Like, I think I missed the dessert compliments because I was still, like, listing garments that are made of cotton that they were already wearing. <laughs> um, so they go through the routine. There's no actual drama here. And it's, like, very unclear why they have to wait for hours to do this in the dark. They're wearing, like, glorified falconry gloves like you were talking about. They're swinging their weird fire talons around. And it all feels very, like, hills outside Byron Bay crystals for sale, coconut water energy healing. (laughs) Big coconut energy. (laughs) But we get through it and there is a kiss. We jump to a batchy couch where Matt and Ellie sit in front of a fire pit And Matt reveals that this time he will be the one supplying the fire and marshmallows as a throwback to their first meeting on the red carpet. They feed each other marshmallows and Matt says, it reminds me of the first time we met. And Ellie says, yeah, it's following up the first time we met. And Matt says, yeah, it's like the first time we met. (laughs) And Ellie says, yes, I have participated in this before. The first time we met. 
And Matt says, yes, it was here on The Bachelor the first time we met. <laughs> anyway, it gets kind of sentimental after this. Matt says, Ellie's laugh is a good laugh to be in the presence of in confessional. And then to her face, he says, hopefully I can keep getting some laughs out of you. Can't you feel the romance overflowing? <laughs> yeah. Ellie, <laughs> Ellie says how scary it is that she's developing feelings for Matt so quickly. And she gets a rose and they kiss again. And Matt says that there is definitely something special between them. Danny, you thought she was the winner before. Has anything changed? No, not for me. Mm. I think if you, you know what they say, a couple that twirls together <laughs> wins the battle. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is a common <laughs> saying that I've heard uh, quite often. Yeah. We're back at the mansion now and in a very staged conversation, Nikki and Mary reveal to Chelsea that our souped up 23-year-old hot young bride, Rachel, has feelings for someone who <gasps> is not Matt. Chelsea accuses Rachel of wasting Matt's time, which is so confusing to me because how much time have Rachel and Matt spent together so far? I think about five minutes when he was clarifying what he was called (laughs) by Monique. (laughs) Um, And then Mary drops what might go down as her signature line of the season outside of her superlative command over the word bitch yeah i just want to run through some Strong. bitches mary's dropped this episode just this episode she said bitch please bye bitch that bitch is gone the bitch is gone bitch i gotta go <laughs> there's so many she's she's just good with the bitches yeah uh and anyway she says rachel's lips are so big because they are full of secrets yeah i loved that line danny you work in fashion <laughs> Where is this going? Is that how lips get big? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What I, happens? What's the process? What's the process for your lips? For lip Getting enlargement. packed full of secrets? Oh. <laughs> um, it's like a filler, isn't it? Mm. An injectable and then they plump up. Okay, so you Celebrities get... Celebrities have it. I don't know if Rachel's had it. I'm not alleging that. I don't know. Like, I guess bigger lips are kind of... A trend at the moment. They're in. They're in f- if you want to, if you want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like very much like influenced by, like, by the Kardashians. Right. But they, I know that like some people can draw on the lip by like drawing larger than the lip line. Oh, interesting. And then filling it in like with the color of your lipstick. So. What, how would that work? What, what, how do you draw on a lip line? So, you know, like where your lips are red. Yes. So, like they would draw, like in with makeup, you can draw like larger oh. than that shape or size of your lips and then just fill it all in, say with like dark red lipstick. Uh, would you do that with your top lip or? No, both of them. Right. Yeah. So, like some people, that's like how you can get the look without like having an injectable or something. Oh. But I don't, or like a, yeah, like lip filler. But I don't know. Um Rachel's is the secrets, obviously. Oh, Rachel's is just full of secrets. I think Mary already told us that. Yeah. But, you know, I think everyone has a different idea of beauty and I think that stuffing your lips full of secrets is one way to achieve beauty. Uh, We then get a conversation between Abby and Rachel in which Rachel has decided that there's no point in pursuing anything with Matt now 
because of how things are with the other girls and reveals that she's got a plan B. Yes, the plan B. In a very Frankenbitten talking head, she, <laughs> she says, I've got a little crush on a crew member. <laughs> he could be my plan B. Everyone's got one. She also says that uh, having a plan B is a SMART goal, which I oh, think yeah. is an acronym. She says it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, good-looking, nice, funny, <laughs> lives near me. Smug enough goals. Yes, I think Strong that makes it a smug enough goal. <laughs> but we'll let her have it. Okay, so Rachel says that she hopes that the plan B in question, a crew member, doesn't lose his job over the whole ordeal. And to be honest, as if they aren't bringing in the hottest hotties to lift heavy stuff and serve drinks around the mansion in the hope that something like this would happen, right? Oh, I love that conspiracy theory. Thank you. Like, if you were making this show, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't that be such good drama to manufacture? I mean, I would always hire the best person for the job. So, you know, using my... S M A R T G N F hiring <laughs> policy. <laughs> so you hire people who live near you, which is good. I mean, that explains how we got together <laughs> in the contractual relationship that we're in now. It's just nice to have some clarity around these things. Yeah, that's true. We transition to a group date via footage of Matt running on the beach in a tank top, explaining to us that emotional baggage can, in fact, be prohibitive when entering a new relationship. Danny, should I be taking notes about this baggage, emotional baggage? I don't need to worry about any of this and I'm good and perfect, right? Love you. Let's keep moving. Yep. Mm-hmm. Matt explains <laughs> that his take on baggage. <laughs> I don't think you paused long enough to let me speak, but <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> Matt explains <laughs> his take on baggage to the women with a visual aid. Suitcases. Oh, the physical bags. Mm. What better way to represent your metaphorical baggage than with actual baggage? Did you see the suitcases? Yes. Where did he get them from? They were like from the 50s. They were, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like ones he would get the train on like because there were no aeroplanes. They were like (laughs) the old-timey suitcases that Mary Poppins would hold in one hand and fly off into the sky with. Yeah, like she had one hand on the suitcase and the other on the umbrella. Like (laughs) you didn't need the wheelie situation because there were no airports. The vibe here is that the women have to write their emotional baggage in texter on the actual baggage. Um, Eleanor writes boredom and infidelity, providing a very specific window into her romantic history, while Kristen writes self-doubt and gets quite vulnerable. Yeah. It's worth noting also here that Sagand has just written Abby's name over and over (laughs) and over and over and and then signed her name in blood. Suddenly, it turns into a skydiving date. All the girls are stoked about this encounter with Icarus, except for Kristen, who says, fuck this, and asks why they can't just talk about it on the ground. I actually agreed with her. I thought that was a good question that wasn't answered during the course of the show. Also, I didn't understand why most dangerous things, I don't want to spoiler alert for the next episode. It's fine. Are based around height. That's true. We're not getting any tarantula experiences, are we? Well, it's just that We're half not doing of the a fire women, drill. or like half of the women were like, "Yes, this is More I've always half. wanted to do this. Now I get to do it for free on this show." Yeah. Um, that's not facing your fears. No. That's just getting a free skydive. Right. And then <laughs> <laughs> you're out to note the grifters, aren't you? 
Yes, grift alert. So I just think that to even it out, they should have been like, who's scared of heights? Put your hand up. Those people, great, do the skydiving. What are you scared of? Oh, the dark? Okay, come into this dark room, you know? Like, Mm. let's just even it up because I just felt like there was only one person that was doing something they feared and everyone else was like, yes, this is amazing, best day ever. So Xavier and I have talked about skydiving a little bit before on the show. Back in Maddie J's season, British Simone had to jump out of plane and she hated it. I'd love to get your take here, Danny, because yeah, right. like implicitly is what's being communicated prove your love to me by jumping out of this here plane? I mean, it seems like it. I didn't recall that this had been done before. Mm. Um, look, again... I don't understand how you're meant to enjoy a date when you can't speak to someone because they're <laughs> <laughs> like in in a separate parachute to you with like another man that's Strapped running like them. the yes. skydiving <laughs> <laughs> um, company. I, I don't understand it as a date. I, I This is baffling. I, and, you know, part of my brain was still back on those old-timey suitcases. <laughs> it was just all confusing. This whole scene will look... Danny's like suitcases, grifters, cotton. (laughs) I've got it covered. I'm so ready for the podcast. Uh, Look, I've made notes here. You can see me with my laptop. Yeah, but you didn't make any notes about the Central Coast at the start of the show. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. (laughs) That was just all, you know, it just runs off the tongue. Mm. So the women jump out of this plane one by one. Kristen is second last and Matt is last. Kristen, I felt so sorry for her in this moment. Like, she's so clearly panicking and hating it. And the relief on her face was, like, palpable when the parachute opened. There's a confessional afterwards where she's smiling and happy about confronting her fears. But personally, I feel a little bit wary about the whole thing. Me too. I just think that she was terrified and shaking. Mm. And all of the confessionals before that were like... No, 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 no. I don't think those words should be repeated so much on a date. That's right, yeah. Things continue to move forward. An amount of consent almost that seems to be an issue. I don't know. Yeah, and I I mean, for me, I would have just climbed into one of the suitcases and hit. (laughs) I I really don't like heights, so I wouldn't have done it. I just wouldn't have done it. That's right. Ain't no man can tell you to jump out of a plane. No, especially not, you know, for a date. No. How are you – again, I didn't see anyone having any positive communication during the scene that Mm. that So what I'm learning from this is that this um, abseiling hot air balloon early morning (laughs) date idea that I had planned for next week out the window. It's all right. You know, look, the deposit was non-refundable, but um, (laughs) – You can go still. Mm. Uh, So now it's cocktail party time and it is – Pretty clear that shit is about to hit the fan. Matt takes Abby away first for a chat. Um, interesting that they've given Abby a rest in this episode. Oh, yeah. In true. her only line in the episode, she describes her dress as Catholic chic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was quite a good joke. Um, and Danny also strikes me as very Met Gala. Am I right? Did I listen? <laughs> you listened last year. Uh. <laughs> Last, what was this year? Last year was um, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. 
This year was camp. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so was there Ellen, anyone? Eleanor, Eleanor. Eleanor. Yeah, Eleanor's dress I thought was quite camp. It okay. was really cool. All right, so we've got two Met Gala attendees, seven <laughs> other women. <laughs> no, the whole cocktail party was dressed like your favorite Met Gala year. Ah, there you go. Yeah, everyone was on theme. Mm. Mary reveals to some of the women that Rachel has begun pursuing her plan B giving her phone number to one of the cameramen. Matt then takes Mary aside for a chat and Mary drops the plan B bomb. The way she does this is so funny. Initially, it seems like she's not going to drop Rachel's name, but then, of course, she (laughs) drops Rachel's name. There's someone in the house. And then you're like, oh, she's not going to... Say. say who it is no, and he's going to investigate. Yeah, yeah, no, she said straight away after that sentence who mm. it was. So Matt has already been called a dog cunt on this season. So <laughs> all things considered, he actually takes this news pretty well. He says, I get that not everyone would be interested in me. The hard thing is that some women have been sent home who are actually interested in pursuing a relationship, which is true. And then he says, Rach could have pursued this on the outside, which, Danny, you were pointing out was not true. Yeah, but I want to circle back that Matt didn't say anything. And then Mary said that the problem was that other women have left or mm. like, or sh- other women may leave, including her this episode. That's true. So Mary was kind of looking out for herself. Well, she said that and then he was like, oh, yeah, that's the real problem here. I don't mind if people don't love me. That's not my problem at all. Everyone has different tastes. It's just that other thing that Mary just gave me as an idea of what the problem is. Yeah, and uh, I think the reason why he, like, why Rachel can't pursue this on the outside is because the dude fucking works for the show. Hey, you stole my other bit. That was my bit. (laughs) Is that what you were prompting me towards? Yes. Yes, sorry. Well, I just pointed out that actually it was easier Mm -hmm. for her to pursue plan B. While she's in the house. While she's still in the house. It's in her best interest because, like, I mean, it looks like they do pretty late night. Mm. So you're not really going to get a text back from a crew member on The Bachelor that's working, like, I don't know, 18-hour days. 3 a.m., exactly. Until 3 a.m. I thought it was a pretty good plan Mm. to stay on. So my bigger question about all of this is actually where's Sagand? Oh, yeah. So three episodes have ended with ominous talking heads from Sagand about how... Women are being sent home because evil Abby is playing the game, but we don't hear a peep from her about Rachel, who is apparently much more complicit in letting other women get sent home while maintaining an active disinterest in the actual Bachelor. Mm. It could be totally like the way that this feeds into the editing and the storytelling. And on the one hand, I'm really glad that we get a break from the repetitive beat of that Abby Sagand drum. Yeah, it's true. But... It says something to me that Sagan's whole crusade has been like arbitrating who's here for the right reasons and who isn't. And she's nowhere to be seen here. And also, which Met Gala was she? That's true. Who can say? (laughs) Next, it's a conversation between Matt and an anonymous producer. And the producer hands Matt a slip of paper that magically has ended up in a crew member's pocket. Mm. It has Rachel's number on it. They checked... And Matt springs into action, running into the telephone booth and changing into his outfit. He interrupts Rach in confessional, right as she's spilling the beans about her plan B. Rach says, how are you? And Matt says, yeah, I'm good, getting by. Did you like this from Matt? 
Did you like the way he approached this? <laughs> I mean, I loved so much getting by. <laughs> Me too. I think that Matt actually might be quite sneaky fun. Yeah. The thing I think about so this too. show. I think that's why he gets on well with Abby. Because totally. I think she's sneaky fun too. I agree. I've never used that phrase before. There actually. you go. But I wanted to just circle back. Mm. Um, Please keep circling. Yeah. I just, you know, I've got things to say about the piece of paper. <laughs> When was the last time you, like, saw a piece of paper, like, in life? No, I can't say like, that to you. Like, with information written on it. I know, I know. Like, especially in the context of giving someone your number. Right. I would imagine that you would recite it into their phone. I, I haven't been on a date in a while, but that's what I thought people did. We went out to lunch yesterday. No, as in with a new human. Oh. That's obviously... <laughs> Like if you've, even when you meet someone, you don't have to be dating them. That's true. When you get their number, like at work or something, mm. I'm not like, here's this tiny cut out piece of paper. With my phone number. It does like, feel very childhood, doesn't it? Well, I just think, where was that piece of paper? Like, what well, really, you know? There's part of me that does think that this was definitely an assist on the behalf of another producer. You know what I mean? Like someone oh, doing yeah, something like, oh, a solid Oh, yeah, like, oh, here's a piece of paper drama. I just popped your phone number on. Right, Exactly. You know, I want I want more information about the <laughs> origins of the piece of paper. If there's any kind of, like, investigation surrounding the paper, I would love to hear about it. It looked like it was just a standard A4 that had been cut a yeah, little square out. Yeah, out of like a square, a, yeah, exactly. Because it didn't look like it had perfect corners. It mm. wasn't cardboard. It was quite flimsy. It looks like it had been folded. I just want more information. So if you know anything else about the paper, call in. Uh, <laughs> Nobody can call in, can no, they? No, it's fine, though. You do the call to actions. Yeah. I'll stay out of that. Sorry. Rachel explains to Matt that she's just doing it for a laugh, you know? A big jokey dog gun. Oh. <laughs> but Matt's Did not having it that? for some reason. <laughs> she didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm not familiar with the format of the show. <laughs> As in this podcast, I don't know when you're lying. Most of the time. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, Rachel calls the women, this is serious, just so you know, she, she calls them fucking dogs on the way out, noting that she also has a plan C, D, F, etc., and that's that. What did you make of Rachel's time on the show? I was wondering if plan B stood for getting booted. <laughs> oh, she's coming with the jokes now. <laughs> B for booted? Booted? Yeah. Off the show? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Is plan C getting cut? Is plan D getting dumped? (laughs) Is plan E getting ejected? Is that what's happening here? I had something for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, What did I make of her time on the show? Yeah. Are you happy with Rachel as a character? Yeah, I thought she was really good. Me too. Um, She was instrumental as well in the DC episode. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. won't say those You're words. refraining from saying it. I understand. Um, so, yeah, I thought she was pretty funny. I also loved the, like, at the very start with the wedding dress. Mm. Like, that's kind of iconic now, I think. She was a fantastic villain for this show. I look forward to seeing her on Paradise. I think yeah, that she played oh, the role 100%. really well. Mm-hmm. And she played the, like, tacit disinterest off so, so well. She was great in confessional. Mm-hmm. I think that as far as, like setting the bar high for a villain on this season. Rachel was definitely it, even though there wasn't that much involvement with her and Matt. And there hasn't really been with any of the three, I would class the three 
people cut out of the most like cookie cutter villain mold in Mary, Nicole, and Rachel. But the show's found time for all of them. You don't think Abby's a villain? No. Oh. So I think the show. What about that episode where they all had to rank themselves and she was always putting herself first? I've been thinking more about that. Right. So my thought on that episode, right, is that if you're Abby and you're in that situation where it's kind of you and the bullying has already started, right? Oh, right, because they were – oh, it was the other women. The other women were going to vote off whoever so was in the bottom two. she had to make sure she wasn't ever in the bottom two. Right, okay, exactly. I understand. I yeah. think that was like the, the game-playing move and Abby has been accused of playing the game, mm. but I kind of think like if you were in that position, you would probably have to, right? Like if you were being vilified, quote-unquote, by the other women, mm, mm. then – what choice do you have if you want to stick around for for Matt? Yeah, that's a really good point. We still have a rose ceremony to go, and it's cheerleader Nikki who's sent home. She's uh, someone who, as well, hasn't had much time with Matt and has had a pretty flattering edit this season. She's been in a radar, and she's amassed some good camera time. Uh, she made the most of it by making a weird joke that Matt looked like a lesbian on a morning show appearance after her exit on the show. Recent? So this week? Yeah, this week. So on Thursday morning, she or Friday morning, she and Rachel went on one of the morning shows on Australian TV and she said that Matt looked like a lesbian, which I just kind of think like the show, relatively speaking, treated her pretty kindly. Yeah. Um, And I just think, you know, that's a pejorative that puts down people who have next to no visibility within this franchise to begin with, you know, like it's a pot shot that plays off stereotypes. And I think oh, as a batchy right. community, yeah. we can kind of do better. Way better. I think that's pretty offensive. Yeah. I don't understand what she's talking about. Yeah. Well, like what does a lesbian look like? Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty disappointing from her, to be honest. That's what I think too. Um, mm. Turns out finding love was quite tricky for Nikki after all. <laughs> You got your tongue twisted with the rhyme. I know, <laughs> I know. It's so hard. It still was good. Very Thank funny. Thank you so much. <laughs> we move on to The Bachelor Australia Season 7, Episode 10. Now, the reason that we do that, do you <laughs> want to do it? We do. You do it in the deepest voice possible. Okay. And you go, The Bachelor Australia Season 7, Episode 10. The Bachelor. <laughs> do you want to no. bring that closer to your mouth? Which? The, the microphone? microphone? Oh, yeah. sure. The Bachelor Australia <laughs> Season 7. Stop moving it around. I can't read the episode 10. She's done it. We start with a bit of scene setting. Sagan explains that shit is getting real in confessional before Osha arrives with an opportunity for the ladies to put it all on the line. It's a group date for Mary, Abby, Eleanor, Emmy. No, let's do it again. It's a group date for Mary, Abby, Eleanor, Ellie and Emma. Four contenders and Mary. I would have thought listing those names would have been easier for you after your prune juice joke last week. <laughs> Don't get me started on the prune pit plucker. Yeah, no. Yeah. Nobody wants that again. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of worry from the women about Ellie being on yet another date. Uh, and then a Frankenbite from Abby where she says, and Ellie better watch out. 
sorry. It was watching you do that. Like you <laughs> felt like you had to change your facial expression as part of it. It's hard to do. It's hard to <laughs> uh, enunciate. Oh, that was oh. great. Anyway, it's an acrobatic state. Eleanor says it's the most beautiful thing that she's ever seen. And Mary is all of us. She says, do I have to do that? There must be an easier way to find love. We also get a confessional from Emma explaining that Matt looks cute as a button with his little tank top on and his little shorts on. Danny. That was weird. Is she his mum? I, the only person I would ever describe as cute as a button mm. is either a royal child <laughs> or <laughs> my unborn child's first day of school maybe right like, you know the uniform i'm trying to think of times when i would use that phrase well i mean never let's put to that describe to the test. a lover like never <laughs> i think that that's the least sexy thing it's not very sexy is it <laughs> um okay so the thing to think about here for me was like you have written an entire magazine on royal babies yes at any time, did you describe any of them as cute as a button? Not even once. That's wild. So, so we need to knock that off too. So the scenarios I was listing, mm. even in those hypothetical scenarios, I still didn't do it. Yes. And they were also not <laughs> ever calling my lover one of those things. Um, we begin with an... We begin this date with an acrobatics explainer from our instructor, whose name is Mustache, I believe. <laughs> I mean, this was yeah a look. It was I was monstrous. waiting for you to look up from your computer screen yeah. because you were taking notes for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Very diligent. And I was just waiting because I was like, why have you not reacted yet? I mean, I've never seen anything like that mustache. That mustache was full of secrets. Like, yes, it it really was full of secrets. I'm wondering, like, what's he hiding behind there? A personality? I think he's really going for, like, like circus chic. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Is mm-hmm. that a look? He's got um, big ringleader energy. <laughs> Is it ringleader? Yeah, that's what you call the man in a circus. He does the rings and he's, oh, come down, see oh, the yeah, elephant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it that's was my. Hot. I've been to the circus one time. <laughs> oh, have you? Do you feel um, like everyone's circus experience is? I went to the circus and the elephant did a shit. I was about to say. I thought you were going to say it was seeing a man in a mustache. <laughs> proving your point, I was going to say that it was more the smell of the elephants that I remember. Yep, that's very much me too. So Matt chooses Ellie for the first demonstration, and there are jealousy confessionals from each of the other women. The next demonstration is a straddling demonstration from Abby. And then there's one from Eleanor. And what we're testing here is communication. Oh, I thought we were testing how buoyant their Lululemon tights were. (laughs) Abby struggles and says, Matt, 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 Matt. Which is interesting because on the last date, Kristen said, no, 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 no. I got an entirely (laughs) different response. Because this impressed Matt. And uh, we see Ellie succeeding also in various trapezoidal positions. Poor Eleanor and Emma are giving confessionals about how it's all become the Abby and Ellie show. Mm, And Mary. Mary too, yeah. Mm. Emma says, I might as well not be here. I'd rather be at the pub. I am gutted. And Eleanor notes that it seems like the rest of them aren't there. Danny, are we looking at the final two, do you think? Um, in Ellie and Abby. Yes. I think so. Very interesting. Yeah. 
I have been suspicious that we would get down to three or two with Ellie. I don't think that she's the winner. And I want to mm-hmm. factor Chelsea in as well. Oh, but yeah. I do think that this is like... But more on that We're later. looking for two of the final three here. Um, it kind of does suck some of the drama out, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, if the women themselves are giving confessionals being like, well, I'm not going to get any time with him, this sucks. Like, we've mm-hmm. got so many weeks of this show to go and so many women to eliminate. And it's like... I don't know, some of the would-be contenders are really like ruling themselves out of contention already. Mm. Mm. To nobody's surprise, Abby is chosen for the one-on-one time and acrobatics performance. In confessional, there is a Frankenbite where she says, I knew that Ellie would lose. (laughs) And then she actually says, Ellie, time's up. Where are we at with Abby here, Dan? I mean, I think time's up on saying time's up unless you're mm-hmm. referencing the organization. Probably. Um, for me, I was just really upset that we had to watch more of the acrobatics. Uh-huh. Like I don't – just circling back. <laughs> is that my favourite phrase? Great. Um, just going back to before with the fire, like mm. we had to watch them rehearsing. We basically saw the whole rehearsal – and then we had to watch them perform. Like, there's a reason why you don't get invited to dress rehearsals because you just want to watch the main thing. Right, right. But if you did go to the rehearsal, you'd be like, I went to the rehearsal. I don't actually need to come to the full thing. True. Um. So I just don't understand why we always have to sit through both. Yeah, there's not too much purpose or tension or drama in watching the rehearsal and then the execution as well. You're absolutely right because it's not like – are they going to get it right or are they going to get it wrong? Because there's no stakes. Because they just would have filmed it again if they got it wrong. Mm -mm. And so the thing that I'm thinking about here with Abby uh, is like, as we were saying, like she's sort of been targeted by the other women and Mm. it has meant that she's been playing harder and harder. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a vicious cycle, right? You know, the more you feel isolated and targeted, the more that you fight to stay visible. Yeah. I think because you said that when we were watching it and I thought that was a really good point. And something I hadn't really considered. Um, and I definitely, after hearing that, like, agree with you. And I think Abby has been really, like, sounds like just fighting to kind of, like, be able to put up with staying in the house. Yeah, yeah. In general. Mm. The women who weren't chosen return from the group date. And we again hear from Sagand resuming her war against Abby. She says, Matt deserves so much more than Abby. And also, I have to do something about this. Now, I thought that what she was going to do about this would be much more insidious than what actually happens, which is a quite, like, quite a funny moment from later in the episode. <laughs> it's hilarious. I won't spoil it because I can tell you you want to tell that story. Yes, agree. <laughs> mm. um, so we're back at the date and Mustache runs through the ins and outs of the silk trapeze. We're getting, like, triumphant strings and keys as they're learning the routine. It's really beautiful. Yeah, Matt comments on their chemistry, and he says, I'm in a bit of trouble here. And personally, I'm becoming kind of confused about what we're meant to think because it feels like in confessional and from the other women, we're, like, actively positioned to dislike or be suspicious of or jealous of Abby as, like the woman who's going to steal your man, you know? Yeah, but I didn't know if they're like, maybe Abby doesn't win. Mm. And they're like positioning her as like a third or second place runner-up where you're like, 
not that upset that she didn't win because they've kind of painted this other picture as right. like a man stealer, like jealous in shooing type of person. Yeah. Um, which I'm not saying she is, but that makes it a lot easier and more like palatable when she doesn't win. You're like, okay, well, I can deal with that. Yeah, because what we were talking about is the uh, outcry when Richie chose oh, yeah. Nikki over, exactly. or chose Alex Nation over Nikki. Exactly. And the kind of, um, I think, may, I don't know if they're trying to avoid that mm. of what Alex had to deal with and is still dealing with. Totally. From being like maybe the one that the public didn't like. What we're not thinking would win. Yeah. And that kind of like attachment that goes along with that and leads to like all t- types of social media, like mm. abuse and whatnot. And right. Yeah. I don't know if that's what the plan is or yeah. Yeah. So like it's, it's really interesting because like, as you say, it could be setting up for that, but as the date's unfolding, it's fun and they're laughing. Mm. The music hints at like elegance and romance and I'm starting to think, like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Sorry. It hints, at <laughs> it hints at elegance and romance. That was beautifully Oh, put. thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, w- like, what's happening here is I guess that they have to show what's happening and the chemistry is leaping off the screen. So, if Abby is to make it towards the end, you sort of are going to have to check yourself, right? And be like, okay, cool. I understand why that she's here. You know, yeah. even if... She's being positioned by the other women as, like, tricking him or something. She's definitely being positioned as having the biggest physical ke- uh, chemistry with Matt, right? Definitely. Like, I guess it's, like, the music they use, mm-hmm. the um, confessionals they use of them both being, like, oh, it was really hot and sweaty or whatever. They, yeah, yeah. Like, all of that contributes to you being, like, oh, they have something quite physical together. Right. That maybe they don't have um, – he doesn't have with other women or we don't see. That's true. And it's been interesting on Instagram this week watching Abby comment on how it has developed into something that's more than a physical connection. And, and I think that she's really gone to – the extent of noting that because the show has been quite one note about their emotional connection so far. And like what I think that we've been saying is that they sort of are fun together and it seems like they connect on more than just a physical level. Yeah. But don't you think that that's how like romance kind of starts? Totally. If you don't have a physical attraction to someone, do you pursue it? Right, exactly. So I just think it's normal. Right, and that's kind of the thing, whereas, like, the show's, like, hamming up one aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now we have to watch the performance. As we were saying, it kind of is a bit of a drag to watch something that we've already watched, but what we get as the big reveal here is that as they're spinning and twisted up in these silks, they kiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You said that it looks like... They're spinning in a washing machine yeah. <laughs> as this is happening. I thought it gave really good clarity around what it would look like to kiss someone in a washing machine. <laughs> they were just like spinning. And like, you know, at the end of the cycle, how it gets faster mm. and you feel like the machine's going to like take off. Mm. It was like that. Matt and Abby then spend time on a new kind of batchy couch. 
Um, a battery couch suspended in midair with neon LCD wires. They set this scene really well. Like, it's dark, but it's super well lit, and you can see the flowers off to either side, and Matt and Abby are, like, on a space space couch in the middle, and just from a design standpoint, this is my favourite set of the season. Yeah, I thought it was really cool because it kind of harked back to their date mm. of, like, the aerial element. Totally. Um, so we talk about how people are put in situations where they're meant to fall in love, and this is definitely one of them right you're suspended in midair in a room that's dark but just enough well lit Mm, mm. and out of all of this we get abby talking to matt and she says to him i see a future with you i see falling in love with you and having a life beyond this in confessional she says that she feels so lucky that it's matt and that matt makes all of it worth it even quote how horrible everything else in the house has been I want to talk about that because it's more insight than the show has given us. We rarely hear women on this show speak as directly as that to the audience about the bullying that can happen in the Mm. house. How did it make you feel? Yeah, I felt really sorry for Abby. I think it made me realise how much she might be dealing with in the house just to kind of stay in in order to be able to spend time with Matt. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things that um, is maybe a a double-take moment for the audience and is one of those things where as we start to see Sagand um, decompose in front of our eyes later in the episode as a romantic interest, it's sort of like we're starting to see maybe like this was a great misdirect and there was something different about this all along. So the date ends with a rose. Abby reaches for it and Matt pulls it away and it's cute and funny and they kiss and she whispers, I do have really strong feelings for you. It's a lot to explain on camera. And he says, I understand you're doing a really good job. I loved this. Yeah. I thought it was so candid and mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. I like them together. Like I like them both separately as I've yeah. said on this pod, but it feels like they bring out really good things in each other. Exactly. You know, like I like Abby best when she's around Matt. That's exactly what I've written down here. Yes, oh, exactly and that. I feel like that's maybe the characterization of the other women, like right. about her. Right. Um, how they characterize her, sorry. Yeah. Um, and like she's always defending herself around right. other people, whereas I feel like she just seems really natural and normal and normal with Matt. But yeah. And I, I also want to say I like Matt best when he's around Abby. Like he's funnier. Yeah. They have better, like, I hate using the word banter, but they have, it seems like, quite engaging conversation and they're laughing and he seems happy and that's really hard to not show when it's true on a camera. Yeah, I do know what other people mean about the sparkling mm. in his eye when he talks to Ellie. Yes. But it's different. I guess it's they have something different to what he has with Abby. Yeah. Now we are in picturesque Sydney above the picturesque Lee Street bus station. Adjacent to the picturesque Devil's Armpit Tunnel (laughs) that leads to the picturesque Central Train Station. Yes, the tunnel I walk through every morning. Mm -hmm. It's a danger date for Chelsea and Matt. Danny, what sort of danger are you anticipating at this point at Central Station? Well, apparently the definition of danger Mm. to the Bachelor producers is heights. First we had the skydiving. Right. Then the aerial... Mm-hmm. In the air, acrobatics, 
And now, why We're don't you just walk? we down a building. <laughs> just walk, walk off a built like no. Yeah. Again, <laughs> there are different types. Like, I think you made a great point about like insects, like you said before. Right. That's a pretty common fear. Mm. Um, look, I'm not going to just list fears. I <laughs> <laughs> would not be good content. But why are we just doing another f- like height based challenge? I just think for the people that are afraid of heights, mm. it's a nightmare. I think there's actually a lot to be um, scared of in and around Central Tunnel. Oh, yeah. They you could know have what just I mean? done walking through the devil's armpit. Right? Walking through the armpit. Could they get shit on by a bird? <laughs> could they run into that elderly Christian duo who are busking all La- the fucking time? Last week I fainted on just there. Just there. I know. <laughs> they could have seen a small woman fainting. No. As in they... Well, that's not the scary thing. I'm put, no, they they could have fainted. Like I fainted because the bus was so hot. I think I don't know. If you're a doctor, call in. <laughs> so yes, they're repelling frontways down the side of the McEwa Hotel in the CBD, and this should be a piece of cake, right? Chelsea's already jumped out of a plane for Matt. It's all gonna be okay. Or is it? Now it's repel time. Matt and Chelsea face up and start to walk down the building and they bump into each other and Chelsea screams. Well, at the start, the instructions are you've both got to be together. Mm. I'm sure the producers loved that. Yeah. You've got to be on like in sync. Otherwise, as soon as one of you like steps before the other or if you like go when the other one's not ready, then you just flap around in the air. Yeah, so what happened here is that Chelsea fell to her bloody death and that's the end of the episode. There's a state funeral being held in Chelsea's honour at St. John's in Sydney this week. Uh, Message BOH pod on Instagram for all the details. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this week. May she rest. Basically what actually happens is that the date turns into what Matt calls space prawns. He's walking down the building kind of and Chelsea is just sort of flopped out there being gently levered to the ground. I didn't understand the space prawns. Is that like something from Space Jam? No, 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 no. It's just imagine um, some prawns and imagine they were in space. That wasn't a reference to anything? No. Especially not Space Jam? Definitely not Space Jam. Right. Well, aside from that, yeah. I I loved Matt's description. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had ever written <laughs> down but it was so accurate did you write it down matt's description of this how he thought he was going to be like repelling down the side of the yeah, building like a like ninja <laughs> yeah and then how it was just literally he was just like walking and Chelsea was just being lowered down like it was like an ambulance like you know when they save someone from a forest yes and they just go Wait, <laughs> no when they save someone from a forest. <laughs> it's kind of like the opposite, though, because you're going up. But, like, you know. You go up the, in a forest? No, no, no. No. You know when you, like, they, they're looking for someone and then right. the helicopter finds them. Yeah. And then they, like, grab onto them and they, like, lever them up. Oh, upwards. like they winch them. Yes. Them. That's it. And, like, it's like if someone Instagrammed that. But then in the reverse way, you know how you can play it backwards? Yeah. And, and so they're actually this. going down. Oh, my God. This is so funny. No, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a reverse helicopter winch for Matt and Chelsea. It just looked like when 
they try to winch someone in a helicopter. <laughs> Can I just try to say it less weird? <laughs> no. Just cut this. <clears throat> but we do find our way eventually to a batchy couch. I'm not finished. Oh. It just looked like <laughs> when they try to winch someone. Yep. Like an <laughs> helicopter ambulance. Yep. Try to like winch someone. But like the opposite direction, like yeah. she was just like being lowered, like <laughs> right. like just Down. like an inanimate object. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I wish I was as central to see this. Like it would have been. <laughs> I just think it was great. So all of this is staying in the episode, just so you know. <laughs> no, I get final approval. No, but we do find our way to a batchy couch where there's champagne and a change of clothes and a full hair and makeup session for Chelsea. Chelsea, oh, the pink look. Yeah, the pink. I loved mm-hmm. that. Chelsea opens up to Matt about her previous relationship here, saying that as a result of all the stuff that she's been through, she associates being vulnerable with being ignored or being dumped. She says that in her previous relationship, she wasn't a factor, and if she wanted to raise anything, her ex-partner would block her number. This just made me so sad and it's I think Chelsea's really amazing for talking about this yeah, on TV. Absolutely. I think if you hadn't experienced anything like this, you would just perhaps be like not sure how that how that would play out in a relationship. Right, exactly. But As I Matt appears to be on this episode where he's like, I can't believe someone would do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a normal reaction. Yeah. I think Matt was really respectful, but obviously Absolutely. it's not okay to treat anyone like that. That's right. Let alone your partner. Right. And um, it sounds like Chelsea's aware of that and she's looking f- for much more than that. And I think it's really great that she pointed that out. I agree. You know, the more she explains, the more that, you know, it feels like, without projecting too much that Chelsea was involved in a relationship that sounds emotionally abusive, right? And she talks about getting cheated on multiple times and suddenly all of this like shyness and hesitance to open up that was like a common criticism of Chelsea earlier in the season. I don't know. It feels like it should be seen in a different light because this is someone who's being really brave right now and saying hey you haven't seen too much of me but this is why yeah and I'm here because I like you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think it puts a lot more context around her which is great definitely Matt is as you say reassuring and really kind in this chat he says that he's impressed by how resilient Chelsea is and this really endeared me to Matt like he asks the right questions he doesn't push things too far And he was very honest and supportive. Mm. They kiss and in VO, Matt says he can really see a future with Chelsea and that she deserves to feel beautiful and special every day. In turn, Chelsea says that she could see herself falling in love with Matt. And it's interesting how we foreshadowed at the top of the episode, Mm. you know, Sagan and the other women talking about how shit's getting real. And lo and behold, this episode, two of the women can see themselves falling in love. Oh, yeah, that's mm. very true. It's now the cocktail party, and we're told by Mary that it's either her or Nicole going home tonight. Matt enters in a blue suit, and the women note that he's had a hairy. A what? A hairy. What's that? A haircut. You know, ah. a bit of a hairy. Oh, right. Yeah. I've never heard that term before. Never heard of a hairy. No. Mm. Every time you come home, I'm like, great, Harry. <laughs> I get a haircut every day. That's where I go in the daytime. <laughs> I was wondering what you did. 
We get a confessional from Sagand where she says it's time for her to turn up the heat in her relationship with Matt. And all of a sudden he is seated on a chair in the garden of the mansion and Sagand is in orange belly dancing outfit. Of course, the ethnic sounding music mm. begins. But the thing about it is that none of that music is actually playing in the house. This is the thing. I think you've probably touched on this as well in the podcast. True. Um dancing. Yeah. Like the dancing. The With dancing. The, there's no music. Right. This is the thing. All that Matt is hearing at this time is the sound of rustling chiffon <laughs> and manufactured drama. Right? Yeah. Uh, so if you wanted to like a quick note to future contestants of the show who might be listening to this, no dancing. There are other ways to turn up the heat. Right. You are banned from dancing because there is no music and you will not be portrayed favourably. No, I just think it's never going to go well for you in the editing. Exactly. And what we hear is the other women describing it as a bit awkward. I want to give points to Sagan for trying here. Like, we should afford the same trying points to just about anyone who goes out of their way to try and, like, impress Matt on this season – I think that that is, that is fair and, like, if you feel like you need to turn up the heat, good on you for going and trying to do that. But as you say, the other women are laughing. Yeah, I mean, turn up the heat in whatever way makes you feel hot. It's interesting. It is the It edit. all comes back to the lack of music. I right. want to make that clear. I yes. think the dancing was good. Mm-hmm. I think that however you feel hot, do that. I think that what was really crucial to that being as hot to everyone else and to the person you were trying to heat up. Right. As much as you felt hot was definitely music. Right. Don't you don't you think? Absolutely. Like we've used this before in the show with Avan's dancing. Oh yeah, exactly. You remember this? Even in Paradise there's like they cut all of the sound and just hear him panting. Yeah, as exactly. As he's dancing to relieve his tension. And then you I mean then you look insane. Right. It's never going to bode well. Right, exactly. I think music, different story. That's, yeah, that's kind of exactly But then that would be like probably like a PG plus. wouldn't even be on prime time. We have said dog cunt in this season. Tell me it's PG plus. I mean, I haven't said that. (laughs) (laughs) I would never say those words. Um, Yeah, you know, I just think that. It's a it's a good time to take pause. Anyone else that's going to be on the show, think about dancing. Think about your Maybe dancing. Maybe bring your own, um, you know, little, little a flute. Bring a flute. Ah. I'm thinking like other ways to make music. You Pied Piper it. <laughs> no, no. I'm just thinking because they probably won't allow you to bring your own music, but like what's an instrument that you could take in that's that would true. be quite easy to lift and dance to? I'm just thinking like a voice recorder, mm-hmm. um, a flute, a triangle, those little symbols that you can... What's going to happen is that someone's going to enter next season and walk down the runway as one of these like run- one-man bands with the like <laughs> yeah. symbols overhead no, no, and the accordion. Actually, cut everything I, I said. I think that's perfect. Right. The I, one-man band. That, that would be hot. I'm sure. But w- what did you think of the dancing, Max? I think that it kind of represents like the full circle of the Abby and Sagand edit that we've been watching. Like, I think that we are probably supposed to be on Sagan's 
side or perhaps have been supposed to be Oh, right. Like, you this. think it was another way to showcase Abby as, like, a... Well, I think that more it was, like, mean. to make you reevaluate whether or not you are on side with Sagand. Right? Oh, you think as an it's audience like a, member. you got to be Abby or Sagan, Team Abby or Team Sagan. Somewhat, because so much of their edit, or particularly so much of Sagan's edit this season, has been about Abby. Right? Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is... Hi, Jeff. The cat's arrived. <laughs> so what we're seeing in this case is, like, something that is supposed to make you take some pause, in, in addition to taking pause about whether or not you should be dancing... Taking pause about where you stand on the side of the fence of, of Abby and Sagand in this whole drama that has been playing out on the internet. That's very true. Yeah. And to any future Bachelor, Bachelorette contestants, it's BYO music. <laughs> Ellie pulls Matt aside and she has a gift for him. She says that she's never given anyone a gift like this before. And Matt says, crikey. <laughs> I was getting really anxious mm. during this whole moment because I thought it was – I didn't know if it was going to be a joke. Like it just felt like a prank was coming. Okay, interesting. Is that because when I give you gifts, like for example, <laughs> I came in this afternoon and I was like, I got you a present. It's the yeah. pillow that I took to work and left there for six months. Yeah, and a you pillow got really excited which belongs and, yeah. on the bed. No. Why would it belong on the bed? All the other pillows are white. Okay, it's not a pillow anyway. It's a cushion, but Um, I was letting that go. No, there's no amount of... But now that you've said there's other pillows and that's an additional pillow, I'll point out that it is the one and only cushion. That's a European pillow. Okay, so that's not a cushion? No. What's the difference? Like a pillow you sleep on. Okay. Like you sleep on. Um, Except for some of them, which are throw pillows or statement pillows. Well, no, it's just that the pillows that have the quilt cover on them you don't sleep on those so that the quilt cover doesn't get any wear and tear oh um but a cushion Mm. is like the small like decorative one but i think that we only have one of those do we only need one well it was just like one and then we've got the gray throw and it's one gray it was just like a very simple but um like, you can have more, but I didn't have any because somebody took them to work. <laughs> somebody took it to work as a back pillow, like, when they, hurt their, when they hurt their back. You know. And I literally was like, where's the cushion, Max? And he was like, oh, yeah, I took it to work. I was <laughs> like, excuse me? Like, you, you've taken our furniture to work. Yes. Like, I needed it for my sore back. I mean, it's not anything that's offering anything good for your spine. It's like a decorative cushion. Oh. But also, it's like... I thought it was like a pillow. No. See, this you're getting confused between pillows and cushions. Anyway, that's like if I just took the TV to work. It's not anything like that. You would that. be like, where's the TV? And it's I would be like, oh, like I just that. took it to work. Plus, also, I didn't think that you would notice. I would notice if the TV went to work. I noticed the day after the pillow wasn't here. I gave it one day. I thought maybe it was wedged behind your guitar. The next day I checked everywhere where it could be. And then I said, where's the cushion? I don't know where the cushion went. I don't know. It was at work. I've just got it back. No. Literally, I spent five months without it. Like you hurt your back in like March, April, May, June. The gift is a flannel. Six months. The gift is a flannel. Matt goes to put it on and Ellie takes it one step further, undressing him to porno funk guitars. Uh, what is porno funk? 
really good. I don't know how much drama there's going to be to come out of it, but... Uh, Do they actually... They don't actually know Matt, though. I don't think so. It's just, like, Bachelor royalty. Yeah, yeah. You just, like, get to know the alumni through your season, I think. Will I, will I be recapping that one? Yeah, with of you? course. Yeah. Will I be on the podcast? Yeah, you'll be oh, on the great. podcast again. Oh, brilliant. That was our next bit of news, is that Xavier's still away, and Danny's going to be joining me again next week for the podcast. Which is very exciting. Cool, thanks. Yeah. I hope I hope it was all right. Yeah. Uh, we did, in fact, come here to make friends. So if you want to find us on social media, you can do that at BOH Pod. Uh, anywhere where you have a social account, we've got one too. And uh, I feel like usually what happens here is that I really am getting a taste of my own medicine. What happens normally is that I hang Xavier out to dry by letting him do all of the... Show maintenance. Yeah, but you actually didn't give me any notes. Ah, uh, good. <laughs> Is yeah. there anything you need me to say? I was. No. I thought you were signing off for the day. Well, I am signing off for the day. It's just really hard to do <laughs> it in a way that feels natural and organic. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. That was fun.